Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am on the east coast of the United States, where we were recently for TEDfest with Kimberly Marcus, who's the organizer for TEDx Terrytown. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So um, let's just talk about TEDfest for a second, because I want all the people okay. who are listening to hear from you what it was like and why they should make the effort to go to one of these organizer events. Well, um, I've been to both of them. And I actually had two very, very different experiences. Oh. The fr the first one that I went to, I had just gotten involved with the team. So I entered an existing team and they wanted to get a license for over 100. And so they said, does anyone want to go? And I thought, OK, it's in Brooklyn Heights. I'll go and because I have a place to stay there. And, but I went not knowing anything. Oh, my gosh. I was I was really like a deer in the headlights. Uh -oh. I had no idea what I was walking into. Uh -oh. Which if you're if you're going to be like that, like being amongst TEDxers is the best place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I had a fantastic time and I met so many wonderful people and I have very good friends that I made from there. And um then we got our license and I organized that next event, the team had done two previous events. And with the larger license, we were sort of moving into the um, spotlight, so to speak. And sure. we had a professional venue. And so that's the one I organized. So going to TED Fest this year was a very different experience. I have an event under my belt. And I, I could have conversations that actually I knew what people were talking about. <laughs> So, um, so in that sense, I had a, while I had a fantastic time, my first time, the second time was much more targeted in a way because of the conversations that I had, but I, I would completely recommend it to anybody. It's a, it's a fun time. And if the weather is good, like we had this time, um, New York is a beautiful place to be in April. It was, uh, it was spectacular and any chance, uh, I get to, sit with friends uh, from around the world and uh, both the people we know. We had 25 uh, guests who've been on the show before were at TEDfest. Wow. So we had a we had a big dinner on Thursday, which was fantastic. And uh, getting a chance to meet all the people they wanted to introduce me to. So they had their mm. own networks and and that was fun. And I'm kind of the t a tall person, so I'm easy to spot in the crowd. So uh, I, I, I just feel – I told one friend on coming back that if there was a TED Fest every month, I would probably go and not get tired of it. Oh, wow. 
It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, when it's you good. find that thing you like and the thing you love. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think right. that we have to love TEDx to willingly work a thousand hours uh, a year yeah. to, on our event, right? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. You, um, on your site, it says that you, TEDx Terrytown site, you were a speaker and then got drafted onto the crew. Tell me that story. Yes. So I was a speaker in 2016. Um, they had their first event was uh, TEDx Women, uh, TED, yeah, TEDx Women Tarrytown. And then their second event was just a regular license. And that's the event that I spoke at. And I knew everybody organizing. It was a small group and they asked, you know, they know me and I'm a volunteer person. So um, they said, would you like to join the team? And I said, sure, you know, it was an interesting experience. And, you know, as as I've come to um, learn more about it, it fits in with my worldview of trying to make the world a better place. So I feel like the mission fits with uh, who I am. And yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a lot of fun. I like connecting with people and connecting people to one another. So it, it's uh, very satisfying that way. So much like walking into Fest was Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, <laughs> how did, I'm just curious, so you're, you're a speaker and you go through getting coached and seeing it from, seeing it from that point of view. What was it that did did the licensee leave or what? Tell me how that worked. No, actually, so I came into an existing team and I do have an or um, a co-organizer, although she's kind of like um, her, her name's Melissa Barron. She's fantastic and she's wonderful to work with. And I'm so grateful for her. Um, but she she doesn't want to be front and center. Hmm. so to speak. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay doing that. And, um, there, we balance one another out. I, there are things that I like doing and there are things that she's great at that keep me in line. Um, a lot of financial stuff. (laughs) So, um, yes, but I, I have people that I, that I was working with that were involved with the previous events. But as I said, we leveled up because we got the big license. So everything kind of changed because we had been at a very tiny venue and um, it was actually our local temple and they, you know, it was very easy to work with them. And, but on the other hand, a lot of people thought it was just a Jewish event, although it was open to anybody. So a lot of people, it wasn't really on their radar. So when we leveled up to a professional venue, we, um, we had it at the town hall theater in Irvington, which is the town just South of us. Um, it was like a brand new thing to a lot of people. Uh, so it was, you know, I had to, you know, do a lot of things from scratch, like sponsorships and, you know, marketing and, and, and education. So it was like a kind of a brand new thing. Do you have any background in any of those four things you just mentioned? Um, I have a, a pretty extensive volunteer background. I've also, I actually went to school in Santa Barbara at, at Brooks Institute. So you yeah, went to, you're a brookie. Uh, I'm a brookie. No kidding. <laughs> uh, tell, tell our audience what a brookie is. Um, it was a Brooks Institute school of photographic arts, science, and business at the time that I went, which was wow. in the eighties. Yeah. And unfortunately they are in, uh, no longer in existence, but um, I love Santa Barbara, and I try and get back there every year if I can. And um, I have a lot of great friends 
from school still. So. What campus were you yeah. at? I was at all of them. You know, Montecito, Santa Barbara, um, everything. I mean, it was in the 80s, so everything was in It was fully, yeah, point. full going. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Alston campus uh, was bought yeah. by a private <clears throat> resident. Um, mm-hmm. And then a friend of ours bought it. Uh, just oh, really? two months ago, and they're turning it into a wow. non-profit uh, event center. It's a, as you'll remember, oh, that that property is a hundred years old. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, built by the co-founder of Ford Motor Company, a hundred a oh. hundred years ago this year. It's a spectacular, wow. as you remember, that the view from mm-hmm. up there is is pretty yeah. amazing. And what a great place to do a TED salon. I'm going to have to talk to them about that. Yes. So tell me, <laughs> what was your talk about? Um, I'm an aspiring children's book writer, and oh. I was talking about what keeps me going in the face of not um, being published or having an agent as of this time, and sort of that kind of process of nice. what keeps me going. Nice. Yeah. And how yeah. how long have you... So TED Talks went online in... 06. And tell me your kind of relationship with Ted that goes before Terrytown. Um, I've watched Ted talks for as long as I can remember. I, I, I believe it was, I was in Santa Barbara. Um, I left there in 87 and I, and I kind of remember hearing about these talks and I was I was kind of insulted that I wasn't there listening to them, but I re- really wasn't quite sure. sure what they were, but I knew I wanted to be there. And then when I was, I, I, Ted X was not on my radar at all. Right. Right. And when, um, I was asked, uh, when, when TEDx Tarrytown organized their first event, I of course found out about it. Um, and I, and I had no idea about it and I, which I'm so surprised about because, you know, it just seems like something that I would know. And, um, yeah, so that's how I, I found out and then getting involved uh, through speaking. Now, other than your event and Ted Fest, have you been to any local TEDs there in the region? I have not. Um, I've tried, but, the, you know, I was not able to, um, to get there, although I'm planning on going to TEDx Asbury Park in New Jersey. Oh, nice. Um, that's in May. And I would love to, um, you know, see what's going on with other um, TEDx events in the in the area. I mean, there's always seems like so many always going on in New York, in the city. So I would highly recommend to the to our listener to go on to uh, the TED event site and you can type in your town or your state or your country and you can see all of the TEDx events uh, past and present. And as organizers, we welcome other organizers. I love it. I love it when someone contacts me and I, you know, I VIP them immediately and invite them to rehearsals the day before. And I think oh, having, wow. yeah, yeah. And, and th- that's the spirit I think of other organizers is we love having that. We love sharing. We love um, doing workshops and learning from one another. I mean, this podcast is a, a part of that ecosystem, right? To, you know, mm-hmm. help people share ideas. But I, I would strongly, strongly recommend uh, all of us to, uh, when possible, with if it's within an hour drive or two hour drive, go support another organizer. And, and you'll be 
uh, surprised and shocked and amazed at how different it can mm. be and, and how familiar it is at the same time, right? Right, right. So, yeah, I'd like to go to, to uh, TEDx Cape May as well. I spoke to the organizer um, at TEDFest. Where's and that? that Where's Cape really May? Nice. That's at the southern part of New Jersey, the very uh, southern tip. Oh, nice. How you as an organizer make your TEDx unique or uniquely Terrytown, let's say that, uniquely Terrytown, is there something that you do or a, a philosophy or something that makes it feel uniquely your own? Well, I've, I've organized one event and um, I'm, we're starting to ramp up to organize a second one, but one of the things that I really tried to do was make my speakers as comfortable as possible. So um, the people who were, um, in, well, not just the local people, but, you know, I made my myself available to them whenever they wanted to practice. I would have people come over to my house and um, have practice sessions. I would Skype with my um, speakers. So while they had their their coaches, I was very much available to them and I wanted to be available to them because I wanted it to be a, you know, a positive experience and, and them to be really comfortable. I don't know if that's unique to um, TEDx Tarrytown, but that that's just how I felt like I wanted to do it. And do you, you said coaches, so do you, you've got speaker coaches who work with them and then you as the organizer were there to give give some more feedback? Yes, actually, I was also coaching some of the speakers. <laughs> what, do, what do you like about coaching? Because there's, I talk to a lot of coaches. What is, what is it you like the most about that? I, I like seeing the evolution of where the talk begins to what it becomes, because they all changed a lot from the beginning to the end. I was telling someone that last night that the talk you they submit and the talk they present can be wildly different. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Tell me about how you manage the curation process. Um Tarrytown so my area um, we're in the river towns, the southern Westchester river towns and we have um I wanted to get um TEDx River Towns, but they wouldn't give me that name <laughs> because it wasn't a, a specific place. Um, but we have a very Tarrytown, uh, Sleepy Hollow is the town right north of us. We share a zip code and a school district. Irvington is um, the town right south of us. And we share a lot. We share school districts. We share zip codes. We share a lot together as River Towns. And, and, we have Tarrytown and Sleepy Hollow specifically have a very diverse community, and I wanted our event to represent that. And I, in curating, I looked for um, gender diversity, age diversity, racial diversity, um, uh, you know, as, as much as I could fill all of those um, spots. And that, I thought that was really, really important. Did you um, tell me about the process? Because um, everybody's got a little bit of different, little different process of filling out a form. Did you have everybody submit a video? No, we had. I had actually asked um, three people to speak who I had seen um, previously in the community, and 
Then we opened up our applications and we had the applicants uh, fill out a form. And then um, I interviewed everybody. How many did you have? Who applied. So for five spots, we had 78 applications. And you're telling me you had 78 conversations? I did. Oh my gosh, you're a super <laughs> you're a superhero. Oh my goodness. I'm staring at you know, 90. Have, well, I so going to TED Fest this time I was able to talk to people about the process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I realized that what I did while I have to say it was it was one of the most humbling and and heartwarming things I've really ever done in my life. And I had some very, very intense emotional conversations with people. And I wow. felt very um, humbled how people would share with me as, you know, a stranger. Um, but I, but I did learn from talking to other um, organizers that there are other ways to do it that yeah. are um, less time consuming, <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad I did it because it was something as a brand new organizer, I felt like it was a very important thing for me to do. So for other organizers who are listening or they haven't done your event yet, there, yes, indeed are other ways to do it. Um, I, <laughs> the, the one we've settled on after our seventh event and there's, I'd, I'd love to hear from other organizers is a you know a, a simple form on the website uh, lots of explanation uh, the, the uh, TEDx Wentworth in London uh, they um, uh, Abad gave me a beautiful beautiful speaker uh, description page I just absolutely loved it uh, you can find it on the show uh, in the back episodes uh, which really talks about the different types of TED Talks. He took a lot of his work from Chris Anderson's book. But then what we do is, uh, in our case, we we like to give voices that have not been on the TED stage before. So the, mm -hmm. uh, we have a couple of qualifying questions. You know, have you ever been on the stage before? Yes or no. Um, and then we, you know, say thank you very much if they have. And if not, mm. we let them continue. And we make sure that they have a two-minute video. And it's fine if they've done it on their phone. We That's absolutely fine um, because mm -hmm. we really want to get a sense of who they are, right? And just get a sense of their energy and their passion right. for the idea. And uh, and then our, our CTO takes and builds a survey monkey form with all of the, you know, the, the person's name and the talk and a rating. And uh, we kind of mm -hmm. do it like the NPS score that you had to do for after the show. Mm -hmm. Like, would, would you recommend mm -hmm. this talk uh, to someone else? And uh, that works out. So we're right in the middle of that process right now. And then we shortlist them to mm -hmm. probably 20. And then we do live auditions uh, where they have oh, wow. yeah, with five minutes, uh, either in person or on Zoom. And mm -hmm. uh, that will get them. Uh, then we'll come up with our, again, we do the same thing. We've invited some people and then we're you know, submitting to fill those other spots. So I was, that's right on my mind. So I wanted to hear um, how you did that. I, I'm curious, um, as you went into doing the first event, what was the biggest surprise for you other than everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a couple of surprises, but I think really being completely honest, 
when, as the event was going on and when it started, I was really surprised that it all worked. It <laughs> happened. Yeah. And that nothing horrible happened and nothing went wrong. And one of the things that could have gone wrong was um, on the Town Hall Theater in Irvington, they have a fire horn on the top of uh -oh. the theater. Uh -oh. So if there's a fire, it'll go off and you uh -oh. have to stop your event. And luckily it did not go off. <laughs> so um, I, was, I was just, I mean, I was very, very happily surprised. And, um, and then I guess the other surprise I had, and this is maybe for newer people, I didn't realize when the speakers gave the talk in front of the audience, I, I just, I didn't think forward enough, I guess, that of course the audience is going to have a reaction. And I didn't think to tell my speakers that because, mm. um, you know, and thank goodness they were, you know, they went with it, of course. And, you know, it's exciting to have people laugh and clap, but that was just a piece of it that I didn't even consider. And so all of my speakers' talks went a little longer because of that. And I didn't think about that either. So I'm glad that no one went over 18 minutes, but, you know, the talks uh, were extended. So I think that's something that for brand new people, that happens. <laughs> yeah, you need to build so in I, uh, the audience applause and those things, which is why it's right. it, it's good to time them out at 15 or 16 and uh, mm -hmm. let them go along. However, the guidance uh, from from headquarters the over the last year, I think, is um, to go start looking at the twelve minute um, talk. Right. Twelve is the new eighteen. We say, yes, uh, right, um, yes. That's what I heard too. I was at a um, a youth event here locally, TEDx Laguna Blanca Youth. I had the sixteen year old executive producer on the show. Uh, you can find that mm -hmm. uh, in the back uh, archives. And what I appreciated about their show is that there were, uh, six nines and twelves. They were, they felt mm. very, uh, short. And as a result, the pace of the show was very good. Uh, and there were 500 students in the audience. So, you know, mm, I think wow. we had an attention span, you know, sitting for 18 minutes was, right. was challenging as well. So. That's what I'd, I'd actually like to build into our next event is having diversity in talk times. Um, we did have one speaker who came in, I think a little over six minutes and I loved it. And I thought she was great. She was to the point. It was interesting and, um, and it didn't last too long. So I think that's really important too. Uh, remember at Ted Fest, um, Freddie or oh, Frederica, who is the head of, uh, uh, she does all the video and media for TEDx. Mm -hmm. She's the one who looks at all our videos and talks to, helps us understand how to tag them for YouTube and all of that. Right. She right. had said in one of the uh, hangouts that they do regularly on the hub, um, that they will look at the talks that come in because they watch every talk, of course, and they'll say, that idea could have been presented in six minutes. It didn't need mm -hmm. 18 minutes, right? So I think as organizers, uh, whereas the speaker really wants to get on there for and talk and talk and talk and talk, uh, it's our job as organizers to really, you know, make sure they're they're crisp and the ideas communicate right. succinctly. What what 
do you foresee as the biggest dragon for you going forward? I'm not sure. And I'm, I say that because I did have a dragon at my last event. Oh, what was it? And well, our license was approved in July and our event was in October and the dragon was really the summer. I not having organized an event like this before, I didn't think about people being away or people being hard to get a hold of during yes. the summer. And that was a, that was a really, really big challenge. So it wouldn't surprise you to know that there are some people who get out of bed the day after the show and start thinking about next year and spend a whole year on right. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's, there, there's a, a tremendous amount uh, to be done. And, and mm -hmm. I am, you know, we only do one event. You do one event. Yet I had talked to Ajit from TEDx Wilmington in uh, Delaware and mm -hmm. they had, they do, 13 or 14, I may not have my number wrong, but it's more than 12 events a year. That's, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't. I know, I right? did, I actually did a live stream of a session of TED Women, after, that was, that's in November, and that seemed very soon after my event because mine was October 22nd. So um, I, I, I'm glad I did it, but it definitely, you know, an event takes a lot out of you. I can't even imagine... <laughs> doing that many Especially, they must have different teams they have a big team sections. yeah yeah they do yeah. they do so they you know they do a youth and women and salons and mm -hmm. you know all of that so there's there's a lot going on and uh I, i'm really looking forward to posting that episode for people to listen to um he was inspirational to me uh he's my age mm. and uh is a feels like a fountain of youth when you talk to him he's just energetic mm. and his team is I can't wait. Yeah, he was uh he was in fact he sent three of his team to Ted Fest just so they could get the the experience and the feeling of being around five hundred plus organizers, which as you we both yeah. know was like getting plugged into a in an energy stream, right? It's just fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What is you know, all of the various things that we need to be good at uh, or at least some somewhat aware of in doing an event, organizing, collaborating, producing, marketing, curating, and partnering. What would you say is the thing you're you most like to do or you're most adept at? Um, I think organizing in general. Um, although I do like connecting people, and I and I was really glad to be able to connect my speakers together, and uh. I actually. Also connected people who applied to speak with other with some of my speakers because ah. they had things in common, and I felt like they needed to know each other. And so uh, there were a couple of um, people who met and you know might collaborate in the future. So I think that's really important. And and actually, one of the surprises that I had was how many how people don't know one another when I think they should. <laughs> With you know, work the community that they're in. So I think this is a really great way to do that. Um, I think that this idea of us meeting so many people, to your point, that we didn't know. I mean, of the seventy-eight mm. conversations you had, did you know any of those people? 
I probably knew a handful. A handful. So that's one of yeah. the 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 uh, unexpected, wonderful uh, consequences, mm-hmm. if you will, is is meeting all these. And then I love uh, TEDx Vienna uh, suggested to me uh, their hack was to stand at the front door and welcome everybody. Uh, by hand mm. to yourself and say, hey, I'm so glad you're here and talk to them, especially nice. as they're, they're queuing up for registration. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, again, I knew a handful from over the years people come, but mostly lots of new people. And I just, I love that mm-hmm. part. Now yeah. that you've done, you've done one, you're getting ready to do your, your next one. What advice would you give to uh, a newcomer, someone who's, Maybe they already have one under their belt. What are, what kind of advice would you have for them? Um, it's actually advice that I gave to some newcomers that I met at TED Fest uh. was, are you on the Facebook group? And they didn't even know about the Facebook group. And then I said, are you on the hub? And they said, what's the hub? <laughs> and then I said, do you listen to Hacking the Red Circle? And they said, what's that? And I said, well, these are three things that you need to do um, in order to, you know, have access to the community and to learn about um, things you might not know about. So I'm, I'm, that's, that's my advice. I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more that, and it's surprising with 3,800 events, not all 3,800 organizers are on all three of those things, right? There's so, so much when we onboard new team members, I automatically make sure they go build an account on TED.com. Then we get them mm-hmm. on the hub. I add them to our event page. Then I put them, get have them go to the hub and get signed up there. And then, of course, I make them listen to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Of course. Right? To get, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, I, what I'm, I've got on my to-do list is to make some uh, uh, specific playlists for like uh, shows that we've done around curation, shows we've done around production, shows we've done mm. around marketing, shows so that oh, that's great. Yeah, I think I think that'll be very very helpful. What do you? When is your event in 2018? Is it in the fall again? We have it. Yeah, we have it scheduled for November 4th, but we are having some venue issues, so our venue will determine the actual date. Yeah, as it does ours, and we're in a theater, so we have to fit in the slices in between productions, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so, and now, are you going to be uh, where the Firehorn is this year? I don't think so. We're looking at some other venues in Tarrytown, so um, we have to make some appointments and go look at some spaces. How how many people live in Tarrytown? I think between. 12 and 15,000. So it's, it's a little hamlet. It's small, yeah, it's, tiny. it's a small river town. We have a beautiful view of the Hudson River and we have I a bet. main street. You know, it's pretty. It's, it was settled in um, the 1600s. Wow. 1700s. Yeah, it was a Dutch colony. I mean, not a colony, but it was settled by the Dutch. We have, it's a very historic area that we live in. It's actually called the historic Hudson Valley. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Spoken like uh, you, and as someone who's been very involved in the the nonprofit volunteer space in that region, you've probably uttered that line many times. Um, Yes, yes. The, uh, you said earlier that the TEDx, if we could, 
uh, go anywhere you want. You said you'd like to go to Cape May. Um, that's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, not a big stretch. Yeah. If we could turn our red circle into a red carpet and could fly it anywhere, where else might you like to go? Well, I'm partial to California, so I would love to go to any event in California. Um, but I'd love to go to TEDx Beacon Street, and I'm hopefully going to be able to go this this year. I couldn't do it last year. And I, I don't know. I, it's a great big world, and I've heard wonderful things about TEDx Amsterdam and Sydney, so... Um, They're all, every single one of them is amazing in its own right, as I am learning every week by getting to talk to all the organizers. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to have John Werner on, uh, who's Beacon Street. Uh, I would encourage encourage folks to go onto the hub and look at the videos section and watch the video of John Werner talking with Jay. It was very, very, very good. Uh, John is, uh, you know, John's kind of, I think, up in the upper 1% of the organizers in terms of what he has done and what he's, the way he thinks. But I can't wait Mm -hmm. for the, I can't wait for our conversation. That's going to be a good one. So I uh, finish out our show with uh, part I like the most, which is the, uh, the best hack. You know, it's, was there something you did? or something you'd recommend people doing that doesn't cost you any money, but materially affects the outcome of your show. I binge listen to your podcast. <laughs> I, I did. I really did. I, I wasn't, I really didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> I, um, that, that was my hack. So I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I have learned so much just from these conversations myself. I felt that it was, uh, a little, um, selfish if I didn't share them with the world, right? To be able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, you all freely give an hour of your time. And I know how busy everybody is to, to share your own experiences and, and we can all learn so much. And we're just, we just don't have that opportunity. So I'm glad that this has, um, has been of help. So now I'm going to ask a follow-up question, Your Honor. Um, was there, because <laughs> Juanita Wheeler from uh, Brisbane in Australia in the Gold Coast said that she frequently walks into her planning meetings with three pages of notes from the show of things she wants oh. to talk with her team about. I want to do this. Wow. I want to do that. And, you know, cause we've done shows on user experience or we've done shows on, I mean, just on the green room, uh, you know, uh, Craig mm-hmm. Pfeiffer, you know, that show was fantastic on like just a whole show of talking about that. Were, was mm-hmm. there a, a tip or a trick that really, really helped you? I'm curious. Because then I'm going to send a box of brownies to the person who gave us the tip. Well, it wasn't exactly a tip, but it was um, TEDx Fargo. Yeah. Was that Greg? Greg. Was it Greg? Yeah. Yes. So you interviewed him, and he said, if anyone has any questions, um, get in touch with me. And I did. <laughs> and I actually I can't remember what the question was, but he was very sweet and he wrote me right back and I just felt really grateful. Greg is um <laughs> you know, one of the things that was interesting about that show was 
when I asked him what was unique, he said, we want to be known as the show that is the best to speakers that there can be because trying to get people to come to Fargo in the summer is pretty challenging. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, he, he, that show is great. Go back and, and listen to that one, kids. That's a, a really good show. Well, uh, after that show, we got talking and he was wondering why after 20 years of going to Ted, I'd never done a Ted talk. And I said, you know, I've done public speaking my whole life and, and, uh, it's just not in my wheelhouse. I I'm behind the scenes, uh, doing what I do as a producer. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm formally inviting you to, to Ted Fargo in 2018. So I, uh, uh, to the, I don't know if it's a good judgment or not, but I said, yes. And <laughs> That's my, wonderful. I'm looking forward to my wife's a speaker coach. Uh, she coaches uh, other TEDx's, but she also does uh, our show. And uh, mm -hmm. I asked her if she knew where I could get a good, good coach. And uh, <laughs> so that was, that was fun. So uh, we're actually doing a workshop uh, next week, a two and a half day workshop with speakers. And so I'm going to participate wow. and not be the producer. I'm going to sit in that and get my talk done. So I'm looking That's forward great. to that. So, um, Kimberly, thank you so much, uh, for joining us. I, I appreciate, uh, you stepping up to, uh, help the good folks of Ted Town get a taste of Ted, uh, as it were. And, uh, I'm going to put a link to your talk in, uh, in the show. And then, uh, that'll be great. We'll have people get to see you and get to know you better. And, uh, good luck to you. Uh, this year as you, you pull, you pull your team together and, and get everything done before the summer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. This uh, was great. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.